0: Welcome to the Mom to Mom Podcast. Our hope is that this monthly podcast will provide both encouragement and practical help as you move forward in raising the next righteous generation. Thank you so much for listening. Penny Lambert here. Welcome back to another Mom to Mom Podcast. If you haven't had a chance to listen to our October podcast, I suggest listening in on that one because today's podcast is part two of our interview with Deborah Bullock. We will pick back up with her kids illustration, starting with the letter D for discipline. So I hope you all enjoy. Now we come to the topic of discipline. The D in the acrostic is discipline. And I must say that that was the hardest part for me as a new mom. I really was afraid of you know disciplining my children in the wrong way. So, what are some things that you would have to say about
1: discipline? Okay, well, I would have to say I agree with you. Uh, I think it's definitely uh, was my very least favorite thing, uh, but but yet, you know, with you, because it was necessary, yes. but but uh, just least favorite, you know, it was kind of like. Uh, one of my least favorite activities to do with the toddler, whether it was my own or my grandkids. Um, uh, Let's just assume they were perfect in every way except this one, but I definitely had a number of experiences trying to put a rebellious toddler into a car seat. (laughs) And uh, that was probably one of my least favorite activities. And uh, I have to confess that sometimes this little thought would come into my head, maybe I won't just buckle these all these belts and stuff this time. They're very, you know, they're not easy either, you know, the, yeah. uh, getting all of them clicked in. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe it'll be fine. I mean, we're going a short distance. Now, I never gave in to that temptation, but it was definitely a tempting thought. Uh, The thing that helped me in those times, okay, what is my goal? Mm -hmm. Is it, is my main goal a peaceful and stress-free drive? Though I would really like to have that. Um, (laughs) Those are few and far between, often when the kids are really little. Um, Or, is it the long-term result of finishing this trip, however long or short, with the kids healthy, safe, uh, and and whole, and uh, that is the thing which th- that same thought, just in discipline in other areas, um, the Bible in places where it talks about discipline, it's always in conjunction with the long-term goal. You know, it says, um, you know, if you love your child, you will discipline them because that is a very important step in them learning to be effective adults, successful in the important ways, successful adults, have good relationships with others. And so that, uh, me just asking, okay, what's what's, what's God's goal? What does my goal need to be right now? It's their long-term benefit. Um, And uh, one of the things that uh, helped me in thinking about discipline was not just, oh, no, I may need to discipline, but, wow, how can I head it off? How can I minimize the need for it? And there are several ways that uh, I found to do that. Um, one, uh, one, especially with really young kids, is just monitoring their physical needs for hunger and thirst. Um, and um, also uh, another thing that tends to kind of set things off that we can minimize is, am I confusing them by being inconsistent in maintaining the boundaries that I've set, and kind of following on the heels of that, have I set some unnecessary boundaries? And so, with um, when uh, Jessica was little, and then did uh, similar type things when the others were, uh, you know, she she loved being with me in the kitchen, she, and so she saw me getting out bowls, stirring things, using these various containers, and so she would want start pulling them out of the cabinets and um, this was before there, there weren't quite as easy ways to lock cabinet doors and unlock them and so uh, we just made one of the bottom cabinet areas her cabinet and there were just like Tupperware and things in there so while I was working in the kitchen she could get in there and she could do stuff with <laughs> containers um, the um, Something, and I've seen my son and his wife really uh, do both of these things really well. Uh, just they're, they have the uh, youngest grandchild, a granddaughter, and just really were uh, thinking about even when she was younger, and now, well, is, is she hungry? Is she wet? Is she thirsty? Um, and she's going to turn two at the end of August, but, uh, you know, that can really, not only a very young child, but toddlers and even, you know, older preschool, that can make a real difference. And I've seen them really monitor that. And uh, another thing that I've seen them do is um, use... Uh, actually go into environmental change. Uh, you know, man, I think my child needs a, a change in environment. So they would start playing music or say, hey, do you want to dance with me? You know, when they could see the child, you know, it's getting to the point. You know, you can not kind of tell. They're just ready to really start. They're getting very cranky, and it's not sleepy or hungry, you know, then let's change, let's change the environment.
0: So what I'm hearing you say, what I'm hearing you say is that kindness really plays a role in discipline. It does. If you're thinking about your your children's needs, there's less of a need for discipline. And then if you're instructing your children, if you're helping them figure out how to do something, that also cuts down on the need for
1: discipline. Yes, yes. And even kindness fits into uh, the thing about um how you uh, speak to them you know speaking in uh, when you uh, describe what so they know what the boundaries are and uh, as they start and are uh, you know, see them about to do it just keeping a uh, and my son I've seen him he's really good at this it's it's a loving voice but it and his wife too loving and But very firm, like, we're not going to do this. You know, this is not doing it. But it's it's like, okay, he's in control, but he's not feeling challenged. We are going to not do this, but I love you. Hey, yeah, yeah, let's... And then you can move if you want to change the environment or get them interested in something else uh, and that kind of fits into the idea of make sure you know their emotional tank you want to make sure the physical tank is full but their emotional one um and thinking about do they need a hug do they need you to say hey tell me what you're think, feeling right now uh or do they need you to play with them and um I've seen Gina, even even with her older kids, say, do you want to play a a game right now? You know, she senses they're just needing a little more connection with her, and, you know, there's never really enough time to stop and play a game, to go ahead and carve that out. And then, again, kind of related to that is... um, uh, a way to minimize discipline is to add extra motivation when there's a difficult day or a, uh, this going to be tough. And I know Gina recently was—they're uh, getting uh, uh, like one of the rooms totally reorganized, a room um, for the kids, but it involved. Taking stuff out, putting shelves in, uh, you know, getting toys organized back in and sorted through, and so she involved the kids in it, in them doing that. But she knew that was going to be several hours of of work, <laughs> and so um, what uh, what she did was. Uh, before that, she uh, these boxes, long boxes that the storage unit had come in, she said, wow, we could make a fort in the living room. And it was really neat. I mean, I could walk into it. Uh, the kids were loving it. And then it was time to, to organize. And so it, was, uh, it really helped take the, the edge off of a pretty long task for the kids.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, so, anyhow, there's ways to minimize the need for discipline.
0: Well, what about when there is a need for discipline, and yes. we've done all we can to minimize the need? Yes, but, but it is—it just is inevitable. They yes. need to be disciplined. Yes.
1: Well, uh, I think one of the questions that, uh, is you think, oh, they need to be disciplined, but to be aware, there's different types of discipline. And what those are, because you want to use the type of discipline that's both suited to the crime, to <laughs> how severe the misbehavior is, and that's suited to your child, what is effective with them. Uh, like, there's, there's basically five types discipline. Uh, there's natural consequences. Natural consequences or you tell them okay, don't, don't get into the rose bushes, you know, hey, these will hurt and they decide to they want to touch a rose and they get their uh, hand pricked. You could grab them at the last minute but it might it's probably going to be worth it to let them grab yeah. that rose <laughs> and uh, they probably won't play in the roses again. So um Sometimes just, uh, if you do this, this is physically what's going to happen. And making the decision, this might be helpful for them. Um, There's logical consequences, and that's like they're fighting over a toy. Well, we're just going to, if you all continue to fight over this, I'm going to take it away. They fight, you take it away. They will think twice the next time about doing it. Uh, Another is a reprimand, and that's just having a really serious heart-to-heart talk with the child and telling them where this type of behavior is going to lead and how you love them and you don't want that to happen to them. Again, this, you know, some children respond really well to this. Some don't. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that is... um, and it's a good thing, definitely, to try a lot of times in situations first. Um, another uh, type is withdrawal. Okay, uh, it may not logically connect to what's going on, but you withdraw a privilege or, or something. And and with all these, you need to let them know if you know th- these are the behaviors that will result in you know certain consequences. And then there's physical discipline. Um, now, the, what I did, uh, because uh, Harold and I would talk, and we would talk about, well, what kinds of things do we think are really severe, what are not, and we would just look at what Scripture seemed to say, this is really not a good thing. You know, this, th- this type of behavior in the child is heading toward this. this and, and one of them was just really outright rebellion. Uh, God says that is really serious. So we, we figured out what types of behavior we would receive what types of discipline. And I actually posted it on a wall. <laughs> where, and then I could let the child see it. I mean, most of them couldn't read as much at that time. But, you know, we... Yeah, you know, I could go over. But that it. was helpful for it, it, help to it to remind me you. to okay, this yeah. we are going to discipline in whatever way this is something. Mm-hmm. And then we just tried to make not too many things that we were gonna discipline about. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the thing with no matter what form of discipline related to the kindness, like you said, it is so important to do it with empathy, you know. Honey, I I struggled with this when I was young. I realized you were tempted to it. You know, and I've I've been tempted with the same thing, either as an adult or, you know, whatever it is, or as a child I did. And explain again why I am going to discipline you. Because, you know, God says this is important and it will affect who you become as an adult. So no matter what form of discipline, it's important to kind of like sandwich it Mm -hmm. with with this love and empathy, both before you discipline and at the end. And what we saw was, I mean, kids obviously didn't like whatever form, you know, of discipline. Uh, We didn't like administering any of the forms. (laughs) But it didn't end up with just really resentment toward us on their part. And that's when I think the tone of voice is so important. Because if you, when they do something wrong, you just respond with harsh words and anger, all you're doing is giving them example of how, you know, they did something I didn't like and I was angry or harsh. They say, oh, well, Mom does that. When she does something I don't like, I'll just be angry and harsh too That just that
0: is so helpful to remember that when we discipline out of love that really is um just it's more effective um and then also that we have tools that there's not yes. just one form of discipline Deborah, what about the
1: wheels on the mom van? Well, um, you know, sometimes I don't really think very much about the wheels on the, the car, whatever vehicle, vehicle I'm driving. Uh, the main times I've thought about the wheels were when I would go out already to go somewhere and the, the tire was flat or just way too low. <laughs> uh, now, that that's, you know, that's a real bummer right there but what's really bad is you if you have got three kids all strapped in and ready to go and they're very excited about where you're going to go and then you look and say um change of plans
0: (laughs) yes i've been there (laughs) so
1: so, um the wheels though they're not the part I notice about the car they are very very important in parenting too and they represent the back wheels represent example our example that we're setting for the kids Um, and the front wheels represent our explanation of what the back wheels are doing what we're trying what we're exampling why we're doing what we're doing so it's kind of what and why um, in a rear-wheel-driven vehicle, uh, which most cars are, uh, it's actually the back wheels that get the car moving, that start the forward momentum, uh, that the power is c- goes from the engine through. Uh, the front wheels, so direct where that power is taking things. So that's kind of how it is with the Uh, example and explanation. And, you know, it was, uh, I think it's actually probably the most uh, basic way parents just train their kids, like how to eat with a spoon.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, You know, I, I don't know, you may know of someone, a mom who's taught their child to eat with a spoon by reading them a book on <laughs> how to use And someone may write one. I don't know. There's a lot of kids' yeah. books out there. But, um, you know, the the child generally sees, oh man, look, they're doing this with this this thing in their hand and, and they're getting, it looks like yummy things to eat. I want to do that. And that's... Uh, that's how kids pick up so many things from us. They see us do it, and if, if they're learning how to eat with a spoon, usually uh, we don't just hand them a spoon and not tell them anything else. <laughs> we have to <clears throat> show them a little more clearly, explain how to use it, and, and just so many things um, as we're training our kids. But the temptation is is to get so caught up in all the skills that we need to teach our kids that we forget, wow, that's the way they're also going to catch what's, you know, uh, God says is important, training them in learning from his instruction book, How to Live. There are so many things to teach our kids. So what would you say we should start with or focus on? Okay, and yeah, I agree. I mean, looking when I would, uh, ever so often, I would, uh, you know, take a little bit of time, maybe once a month, and i think, okay, what do I need to be doing with my kids? And man, the list can go on and <laughs> on and on. But where I just, thought I've got to pick one thing, and I often, during those times, well, what seems to really be a problem right now in their character, in, you know, whatever, in uh, following God. Where do I see a real problem? Because that will be easy for me to want to try to think about and work on. So uh, usually, I would start with that. And um, I would think Let's see. Can you name one? Uh, What's an area? Let's see that often is. um, uh, Let me think. Keeping your word, or yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. Let's say keeping your word. So I would think, well, where are situations where I could really model that? And um, then I would pray and ask God to open my eyes to that, and uh, you know. Me being me, uh, a person who's not perfect, uh, God being who he is and faithful, um, it was not hard to suddenly go through the day and realize, oh yeah, I had told them I would do this, but then something more, you know, convenient or something came up. And so I would just turn to him, and, and uh, so I often realized I'd example the wrong thing, and, and I would. Um, Tell them, you know, I really blew it right there. God is faithful to us. We can trust God. What He tells us He'll do, He will, and He wants us to, to model that. So would you forgive me? And then if I could correct it and say, Okay, I you know, I started we'll go ahead and do now what I told you we would do. On the other hand, I would look for opportunities. Where I hadn't blown it. But where could I do that? And so I would just think, when, well, do I need to make a promise to them? Is there a promise? Maybe my husband asked me to do something that morning. And I said, sure. And so then I, I just asked God to have my radar going. And uh, so then I would tell the kids, you know, kids, I um, uh, Harold asked me to do this today. Um, I'm all right, down. But I want God tells us, you know, to, to do what we say we'll do. So, would you um, uh, pray with me? Let's pray right now. Uh, and that God will help me remember, and and I can do it because, um, uh, you know, I I could easily get other thoughts going. And um, maybe even I'd had a thought just then. It's important to model our th- the, the wrong thoughts or the right thoughts. Not just, I'm going to example my actions, but I'm going to let you into my head. Mm-hmm. I mean, a little bit. Now, I mean, if they totally got into my head, they would, yeah, wow, there's a lot of crazy in there. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 uh, uh, you know, model what's appropriate and tell him, you know, like right now, uh, what he's asked me to do, I think it's too hard. I've got yeah. too many things to do. How am I going to squeeze this in? So, would you pray with me and then I might pray a scripture? I had been learning on that, like, you know, Lord God. There is, you you have made the heaven and the earth. There's nothing you can't do, and you can help me now. So help me. So uh, I would model the the you know thing I was supposed to do. What was true? I would model, if possible, the thought that was trying to prevent me. I would also maybe ask them to remind me Mm -hmm. to help me remember to do it. And um, you, um, you know, at times I've asked them. When I was working on something else, maybe remind me to be kind. I'm working on this or something. I think kids are such a good reminder when you ask them to remind you <laughs> yes, to do yes. something. They, they rise to the challenge. So like, Mommy, when are we going to go do that thing that, you know, Daddy asked you to do? So it's better than setting an alarm on your phone, you know. <laughs> They'll remind you. And so um, then uh, I go ahead and do it. And... And uh, then maybe we thank God for having helped me make the right choice to do it, whatever the thing is. So um, that, that would be one example of picking a problem area and uh, thinking through how can I do it, as well as asking God to make me be alert to when I fail to do it myself.
0: So what I hear you saying is that even when we blow it, we can take the opportunity and use it to train our children.
1: Yes, uh, and uh, actually, that is where um, I think some of the most effective exampling or training has come from—from from blowing it. Um, and um, well, well, that's really encouraging. <laughs> I blow it a lot. <laughs> opportunities Uh, but now when they're golden and they're effective it doesn't mean they're fun Uh, one here's an example yes um when uh, my middle daughter Gina was I don't know 13 14 somewhere in there um she was happened to be kind of in the kitchen area with me and I got a phone call it was from one of the women in our church and she was saying um you know, um, I think some woman had had a baby or was sick or something. And uh, I'm calling several different people to see if we can provide some meals for a few days for them. Would you be available to, you know, one of the next couple of days? And uh, that that was a day. I, uh, I had... A lot of things I was wanting to do in the next few days had a very full do list, and at that moment I felt I just felt kind of, oh, you know, how how can I add one more thing? And so I told her, but see, I was a pastor's wife among other things, you know, and um, so I I really didn't want to try to go ahead and add that in, but I didn't want to sound as bad as my heart was. I wanted to sound a little more noble. So I said, um, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to do it this time. Uh, I have some previous commitments. And then, you know, she said, fine, I, I, there's several other people I'm, you know, planning on calling. No problem. And we hung up. And um boy, just as soon as I hung up, uh, the Holy Spirit just, I mean, just very loudly said inside inside my head, you lied. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to say, but it was a white lie. And he said, you lied. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think God has the category white lie. <laughs> and uh, so, and uh, he, yeah, you know, it's like he said, you need to confess this to the woman and also... Also, uh, I knew, and he said, and to your daughter, who just heard you do that. And so, um, oh man, I, you know, I, you know, when you've confessed something like that, you're, you're just kind <laughs> of, oh, this is terrible, I don't want to do this. Um, but I knew it was going to be really important, and number two, God had told me to do it, and that's not a good thing to ignore. So um, I, I told... Gina, because my husband and I had made a practice, if we, you know, really violated uh, something God told us to do in right in front of our kids, and they had witnessed to go ahead and ask their forgiveness for setting a wrong example. So I told Gina what I'd done, and um, uh ask her forgiveness, and then I called the, the woman, and, um, you know, I said, told her what I said, I said, as I, God just showed me, I had lied, and really, at heart, I did have another commitment, but that was to me, to what the things I was feeling like I needed, you know, or wanted to get done, and so I asked her forgiveness, and she's, she, I mean, it was fine, she said, yeah, actually, the next person I called was able to do it, but I had missed, Um, the opportunity, you know, to serve. But God took that and really used it in my daughter's life. And as I thought about it later, I thought, you know, that was actually, a. I mean, not that it was great that I, I lied, but God turned it into a golden opportunity because, you know, when our kids are young and we say, uh, you know, there's a little toddler, and we say, did you eat some of those cookies I said were for after dinner? And and they turn around, and there's chocolate and crumbs all over their <laughs> face, and they say, no. You know, it's easy to tell if they're telling the truth. But, man, when our kids get to be teenagers, they aren't around us good portion, you know, portions of the time. They are very smart. They know not to say no with chocolate on their mouth they you know they can figure out how to say things in a, a way that we don't know and god and gina had told me about how some different things had really helped her in moments when she was tempted you know to do you know integrity was was um, uh, on the line and god really helped her choose the right right thing it's
0: the it is the little things I, I have found that when I'm trying to change something um i that my kids can keep me accountable and I can just confess even the little things like if I'm working on a tone i, yep. I just if I yeah. confess that then i am I am really careful about the the example
1: that I'm setting for my kids so that really does help yeah <laughs> and it is bigger little um i uh I have found that uh, they, uh, you know, do listen when you confess things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they listen
0: best. Um, and they're so gracious. It's really an opportunity to show grace. Oh, right. um, yeah. And to model grace yeah. with each other. Yeah. Um, do, well, do you have a list of things that, you know, just kind of like a, a list that you worked from?
1: Yes. Yes. Um, um, uh, again, just like at the first, in um, coming up with from the Bible what are the big principles God wants, also started working on well, what are the big things that are just repeated over and over and over in Scripture. And so I had a list of about 10 things, you know, talked to my husband and I, talked together, yeah, yeah, these these are biggies with God. <laughs> he says these are important to experiencing that full life. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know that I remember them all exactly uh, off the top of my head, but um, I know loving others, doing things like uh, being kind, sharing, giving, generosity, helping, you know, loving others, uh, loving and honoring God, which you said is really shown as we obey Him, so uh obeying God and then obeying parents and other authorities that He puts in our life uh, being teachable integrity um, and then enduring persevering, being a hard worker those were were um, and enduring through through trials and difficulties those those were some and um so not only would i Um, think about exampling uh, if there was really an area I saw in my child's life that I needed to but just in my head as time would go along I asked God to just you know kind of keep some of those big things in my head and alert me to opportunities to make the right choices to tell them what I was doing and where appropriate involve them and praying for me as maybe I would go to, to do it. And then the other thing that uh, as far as um, explaining things is kind of the after part. If you you do it, maybe you're even making a choice to give you know some money maybe you had thought about using for yourself and give someone else and then they they tell you wow that was just at the right time there was some situation i needed it and then to share that the the good result i don't know erica if you've ever uh driven uh, your car when like one of the tires wasn't flat but one of them was just lower, the pressure was lower, and and you're driving and something's kind of bump, bump, bump. You know, it's kind of like the wheels on the van go bump, bump, bump. (laughs) They go up and down, up and down. Uh, And that's kind of what happens when the uh, uh, explanation tire is all pumped up and working well, and the example one is not. And the thing is, kids notice just like you know that bumping up and down and the older they get the more they notice you know well mom said to do this but now i see her doing that and you know one of the areas that um, uh, was an opportunity to for god to alert me to uh, go ahead and think okay what i know what you've been saying But you need to get the the other wheel in line, the example. And that was in uh, following my husband's leadership. Um, Early on, we told the kids that, you know, God leads through the husband's leadership. The husband is to be uh, loving, loving to the wife, and lead her lovingly. And the wife is to obey and follow leadership and Show him respect. Whether, you know, I may not, my heart may not be brimming over with it at the time, but speak respectfully to him. And, um, you know, uh, kids pick up on, and as they get older, they'll see, Wow, you know, you tell me about the scripture about children obey their parents, but I read in the Bible, <laughs> and you had told me about wives following their husband's leadership and showing respect. And I don't think you did that just now. And so, even taking those opportunities, um, you know, of where, okay, I've been saying this, but I see I have, have blown it, you know, in, in the example to, to ask their forgiveness and to ask God to help me keep those two in sync because otherwise, kids can grow up with the idea, okay. Uh, we read what the Bible says, but w- doesn't mean we necessarily do it. So I think it's the exampling and explaining is a great way to show them that God's Word is real, and it really does work.
0: Exampling and explaining can seem so difficult, and I sometimes I feel really overwhelmed and discouraged. In fact, all of parenting can feel that way. Um, How did you deal with the challenges in parenting?
1: Well, um, sometimes when I was, you know, in in the midst of parenting, and I was going along, and boy, just it seemed like it was just so hard, and I was just pushing so hard, working so hard. And then I looked down, and I realized what the problem was. (laughs) And I was trying to push the van all the way to the goal to help my kids get to the maturity that they needed, that God wanted to help them. I, I was just going to, I realized in my mind somehow I had I had switched to, okay, I've got to do this, and I've got to help them become responsible, loving, and, and it, it's all on me, and yet... That's why God provided the engine. Uh, Jesus came to earth, He He entered our world, He showed us how how all these qualities and, and approaches to life look like. He told us the way to to do them. But the key thing was. When he died on the cross and took the the penalty for our sins, it made the way for us to actually experience and be able to do life the way God uh, said is the the way that leads to real happiness in life. And so uh, God provided the power through Jesus' death and through giving us, actually, the Holy Spirit has power within us to help um, through, um, so that we could could do the parenting. But the key is getting into the seat and turning on the key and uh, getting the engine started. And so, um, the engine represents just. The spiritual power that God makes available for parenting, and um, so that just in like the everyday, you know, problems. Of, you know, I mean, how many? I don't know even what would be a maximum number of problems a mom could face. <laughs> how many times? How many times she could feel discouraged? You know, of, of I blew it in this and I blew it in that. Uh, what I asked God to do at the first of the day was just, Lord, please give me the power to do. Let ask, Please help me remember to ask you in prayer for the power. Keep me re- remembering to ask you for help when I face these situations. So, when I'm feeling discouraged, what you're saying is I might
0: be I am relying on myself instead of relying on God's power.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm. Just go hop in the, the car and turn on the engine. <laughs> 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 um, and so uh, prayer was just a real helpful thing. And and one one thing that helped because um, you know uh, it's. Uh, there's a real interaction between our thoughts and our emotions, and if I heard in my head things like, "This is too hard," "I'm too tired," "I need more coffee," <laughs> uh, I, um, I, I sometimes got more coffee, but this, <laughs> um, I, uh, I said, "Okay, I am too tired." And I am not wise enough to know how to handle this. And so, God, would you help me? Would you show me if I need wisdom what to do right now? Give it to me. I'm all the things I could think of, you know. uh, And the situations were all that I could think of. You know, it's too big of a task. But I could ask God for the power. So that was a real help with the just the everyday things. Um... Uh, discouragement
0: well what what about the really big trials in life how did you go to God for power in those situations
1: ok well um, there have been various you know uh, problems come in all sizes and we've received packages of all <laughs> sizes Yes. but uh, probably the biggest one was when uh, our second daughter Natalie was about six months old and she suddenly became ill was admitted to the hospital and they had diagnosed a very serious form of meningitis, one that the vaccine had not yet been invented for. And uh, so this infection spread rapidly through her body and for 10 days she was in ICU. And as we walked through those 10 days and uh, generally the prognosis would get a little more severe and a little more severe of... The, the outcome and, and definitely uh, death was a real possibility even from early on um, many 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 people were praying for us and we were praying and I was just amazed because I mean to see a baby deteriorating mm-hmm. in front of your eyes and to hear um, even if she survived the quality of life that there might be. Um, we, uh, one of the verses that God used to really help me, as well as all the prayer from people, was, and uh, a verse I clung to was that God, I know you work all things together for good for those who, are, you know, fitting into your plans. And so, though neither outcome looks good. <laughs> I know somehow you're going to work all of this together for good. And um, so as the, on that, the evening of that 10th uh, night, as the, all the monitors, the little faint lines that go up and down were just getting lower and lower and you know, then went flat, um, Harold and I knelt down and prayed after she died and just committed that we were going to go ahead and follow him uh, no matter what that we trusted he would work good through it now I I, those days and especially the days after were not easy days there was not a lack of emotion Mm -hmm. lack of crying lack of grief but God Really, really helped. He um, he just gave that hope and trust in him, that he was going to work good. Um, and um, the, and actually, later on, we saw some good that worked through. But I think the hardest moment, in some ways, was when Harold and I came home from the hospital that night our <clears throat> oldest daughter Jessica was 5 at the time and grandparents had come to be with her because Natalie's illness of uh, with her age she couldn't be uh, you know in the, the room she couldn't see her so she hadn't seen her for the 10 days she was in the hospital we'd come home and you know tell her you know uh, about Natalie and so Jessica had really helped with Natalie a lot. She had helped diaper her and, and had just loved Natalie dearly. Well, so when we came down uh, the stairs, usually, uh, came in the house, usually just one of us came in because the other would be at the hospital. We were, you know, would rotate so that one of us could get a little bit of sleep. And so she said, why are you both here? And uh, when we mm-hmm. told her, just that initial look of just grief mm-hmm. and and just her heart being wrenched, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, that, that that pierced my heart right through. Mm-hmm. And so Harold and I we talked before we came home, kind of what how what we were going to say, and we hugged her, and oh probably took about I don't know thirty minutes or more. Uh, explained to her that Natalie was with Jesus and she was not in any pain and, you know, she was in the most wonderful situation. And we had told Jessica some about heaven, you know, before just in past conversations. But Jessica, it it didn't help. I mean, it helped zero. And she was... But how will she get diapers and who's going to take care of her? And, you know, how will she... Eat and all of this, and you know her explanations. She, and she usually really listened, and and but it just didn't. It was not helping. And so you know we helped her, and and after she got to sleep, I mean we helped her get to bed, and after she got to sleep, Harold and I came back down, and we prayed, and we thought, man, this is this is such a huge well, we don't know how to get through or over Mm. or around it. How do we help our daughter? It's like she's on one side and we've said and done everything we can and so we prayed and we said, God, we we cannot see any way that we can help her. We don't know. But we know that your power is much more than we can even imagine. That you have all, all the power and you have power not just to do physical things, but you you can work in people's hearts. And so we just ask you we, through a, I don't know through a dream, through speaking to her, through somehow giving her understanding. Please help her, uh, you know, understand. And so you know, we went on to bed. The next morning we were up. And she, you know, as we had walked with her up the stairs that night, I mean, it was tears and just grief, you know, on her face. She came down, and she had a real cheerful look on her face. and I thought, oh, my goodness. And so she came down, and she said, guess what, Mommy? Um, and Harold was in there, too, probably Mommy. But, I had a dream last night. And so she started telling us about it. And um, so she said, um, you know, I've uh, I you know, been worried about if Natalie was okay. Well, last night I had a dream, and it was like suddenly I was in heaven. And um, I saw Natalie there. And she was in a little yellow bouncy seat. And and she was crying. And it seemed like she needed her diaper changed, but there was no one there to help her. And then it's like I saw Jesus walk up. I, I didn't, I, I, I don't know that I, she's, I think she said, I don't know, I saw his face, but I knew it was Jesus. I just knew it was Jesus. And he walked up. And uh, he was just, he wasn't looking at me, he was just looking at Natalie. And he picked her up, and she stopped crying. And then he changed her diaper and her clothes, and she began smiling and laughing, and he bounced her on his knee, and I could tell he really, really loved her. He held her and hugged her. And then he... He took her, to her uh, was, <laughs> said, yeah, took her to get a root beer. She Je- said, "Yeah, Je- took her to get a root beer." Jessica loved root beer, um, so she said they and they were talking and laughing and um, she, she. But she she was then I realized she was like sitting in a chair and laughing and talking with him, and mm-hmm. she hadn't really, you know, talked or laughed before. But um, she, was, she was having fun with Jesus. And then she said it was like Jesus turned and looked at, at her, Jessica, who somehow was kind of up in heaven. And, um, and it was like he said, okay, you've seen enough. Said, and then I woke up. And as, as she was telling us, uh, I mean, just the um, amazement and gratefulness to God in our hearts. Uh, in Ephesians uh, 1, 19 and 20, it's talking about God's power. And it says... Uh, for God, I am a God is able to do far more abundantly or immeasurably beyond measure anything we can ask or even dream. And uh, you know, we, when we prayed God would give her a dream, we I don't know what we expected, but we didn't expect that great right of a dream. That was, <laughs> I mean, it was geared. Mm-hmm. The dream was geared to her level, root beer and all. You know, and mm-hmm. it, you know. We we couldn't have we couldn't have written the script for a dream, uh, and uh, God gave it, and it it brought uh, just such a change in her heart. Now she, like we, had tears as we put away toys and you know every mm-hmm. everything, but she still has remembered this dream. Now and she you know definitely a grown adult, many many years, and that. Was not just a dream for that moment for her. It was a God-driving stake mm-hmm. in her life uh, that God is real, and what He does may look really bad, but it God will work it for good. And just in her life, like everyone, uh, you know, we we have some difficult challenges, maybe financial other. And, you know, I've seen her go through those and one of the things is you know, she knows God is real. And that He will work things together for good on His timetable. So, anyhow, that, that's a, a long
0: story. Thank you but, so much uh, for sharing that, Deborah. It really um, does illustrate how God can walk us through trial. And that He can he can provide the power that we need, even in such an awful circumstance. Thank you so much.
1: And you know, uh, I I've seen him do that with with other moms. Uh, not necessarily with the. Uh, I mean, there there have been other moms I know who you know lost a child late in pregnancy and different things, but with different things just in raising their kid when they felt like they had come up against this huge wall that, uh, you know, how do we get through it? Uh, there's no way. I've tried everything I can. There's uh, there's either a big wall between me and my child because you know, I've blown some things in the past and just emotionally I'm here, they're way over there and I can't feel like I can't Reach them, I can't get through to them. Or sometimes it's just a wall, there's some problem. um, It's not so much the emotional relationship with the child, but there's just some huge problem in parenting. It just seems like a big wall. And the thing that I've been able to share with them that is true about the verses, you know, in the Bible about God's power is just how strong it is. Uh, The verse, that uh, had the word, it's energia, when in the Greek when it's talking about God's power. Uh, that is also the one used in Scripture when it talks about God raising Jesus from the dead by his power, power to raise from the dead. That word, you know, when uh, the New Testament was written, that, that was during the time in, in uh, world history around the uh, turn between... Uh, BC and (laughs) AD, when um, cities had these really, really thick walls. And uh, countries had developed these big siege engines that uh, could actually break through the wall. You know, a a thing that was swinging. It would break through these walls. You'd think, oh, that's great. But these walls that the cities built by hand Big stones, big stones upon big stones. They were actually usually about 60 feet thick. That's really thick. Yes. yes. And, and that's just solid rock. It's not sheet rock. It's, it's like stones, huge stones. And 300 feet long, like that's like a football field. And, wow. and this engine. Could, I mean, this thing, and that was the same word The energy uh, comes from, from that energy, a strong power to break through walls. So in those cases, I've seen, um, you know, parents, and I mean, we've had the, maybe not the huge, huge, huge walls, but we've had our own walls, you know, with kids' problems that look, and just seeing praying Asking God's help. And then, God, uh, I don't see how to get through the wall, but please show me the next step. It may not be the break through the wall step, but it's what can I do. Uh, rather than focusing on what is the total solution, this what's the first step I can take in seeing God uh, do that. But uh, the thing that uh, I have seen with all of these is all the parts and the, the parenting, uh, the kindness, the instruction, the discipline, the exampling and explanation all need to be working functionally but we have to remember to turn on the engine and draw on that power because it's God's power that is really gonna help us keep doing mile after mile after mile till we help the kids our help, our thinking, and God's power get them to be the adults who live the life that they can experience real peace.
0: Deborah, it has been a pleasure speaking with you today about raising children. Thank you for coming alongside our generation of moms and mentoring us through your book. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's fun. Yeah, it was was so helpful. Thank you so much. Moms, if you want to learn more about the kids acrostic, then be sure to get Deborah Bullock's book, Parenting. Is there an app for that? It's available on Amazon. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope that you've been encouraged to move forward in your parenting journey and that you have some practical next steps you can readily apply. Join us again next month for another mom to mom podcast.